0: Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. We thought Tuesday would slow down. We're wrong. It's just chaos out there. But I (laughs) got to talk to you about Disney by Iger is becoming a venture partner. But I'm just what firm? I know. So like, does this mean though, we're we're
1: straight up peers with Bob Iger right now? Pretty much. I'm just saying straight up peers. I got to zoom with them later. Straight up here. We do have questions, however, about yeah. where he went, which we will discuss. We will also talk about the Twitter whistleblower hearings, mm-hmm. featuring former head of security, Peter Zatko, aka Mudge, just saying it all on behalf of security professionals everywhere.
0: Yeah, this is explosive stuff, folks. And then we're going to talk about KKR, uh, that big, huge financial firm. I guess, uh, you know, they saw what I was doing with uh, publicly raising. <laughs> and I guess they're going to publicly raise from QP's. Uh, qualified purchasers uh, with some kind of token angle, which I don't understand. We're going to double click on that, and then we're going to, as quickly and efficiently as possible, dispense with
1: the gross story uh, about the allegations regarding Lodge House.
0: Okay, it's going to be a great show. Stick with us.
2: This week in startups is brought to you by Ravello. Looking to affordably scale your product development with global tech talent in U.S. time zones? Hire vetted remote developers in Latin America with Ravello. Get 20% off for the first three months at revellocom slash twist. Dell for Startups provides key solutions for all your startup needs. A dedicated tech advisor will get to know your business goals and deliver customized solutions for rapid tech enablement with top business class PCs and accessories. Apply for Dell for Startups and get 10% off select products during Dell's semi-annual sale at dell.com slash twist. And Assure is the leading provider of special purpose vehicles and fund administration with over 5,000 completed transactions and 2.5 billion dollars under administration, Twist listeners can get 20% off their first SPV at assure.co/twist. That's assure.co/twist.
1: Remember that fun time yesterday when you were like, "I don't know if this is going to be a big news week or not."
0: That was funny. this is bonkers. I mean. We didn't get through the docket yesterday. People are- We didn't even come close. (laughs) They're like, what about this story? What about this story? What about this story? And then I wake up this morning (sighs) and I start, you know, doing my little 630 to 8 a.m. discovery process of the news as we do in our little secret group. And it's like, you know, Disney, boof, Iger, boof, Um, you know, launch launch house. house, boom, boom, Oh, uh, Mudge is on Capitol Hill right, right now. now. Boom, boom.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. It's too much news. There's probably like a bunch efficient. of other stuff that broke while we were doing all that. And we just, you know what? We're just going to pretend we it didn't happen because
0: we don't know. All right. Let's Whatever be, it is, don't tell me. We're going to be super efficient today. That is my commitment to everybody. Yes. And we're going to no more banter. We it's have founders big news to mentor.
1: It's true. We have been a little unfocused the last couple shows. And you know what, I'm fine with that. I think it's
0: fun as hell. But we're back on ta- that task. Now, we, we, we have to be on task. Okay, now my guy Bob Iger. Mm. This is a man crush. This is an ex- you know how I am. I just love a great executive. Yep. For me, if I could put posters on my wall, it wouldn't be Megan the stallion, although I am a fan of the stallion. <laughs> but I probably would put a Bob Iger poster up before a Megan the stallion poster. Yeah, I'm just I being think- honest here.
1: I'm listen I am I know Chapic is in charge now and we just have to like accept that mm. but I'm team Iger for life.
0: I'm not having any Chap concerns. I got right Chapic concerns as a shareholder. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like Big we time. need to sit. His styles a little dated. He gets the parks but he got booted. That's a little nice. What are they, what do they call the Disney thing where everybody gets together? I know they have like Marvel does their thing but Disney has a thing where they all get together. Oh, they do? I think it was D23. Yes. D23. Went, that was like the name of it. They call it, it's not DisneyCon, but th- that happened, Something I think, like last that. week where they were showing off a bunch of new stuff. Uh, we talked about this, The Little Mermaid. And we'll talk more about it with Lon. Right. On this week is streaming Thursday. But yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. We're all wondering what's going to happen with Bob Iger. He spoke at the code conference. Mm-hmm. He said mm-hmm. he's looking for interesting deals. I'm trying to get in touch with him because I got a great deal for him um, that I want him to look at that I'm on the board of. I'll leave it at that. So shout out Bob Iger if anybody knows him. But what what else is the news that broke today? to
1: uh, well, yeah, exactly. Now, he's ready to co-invest because he has officially joined New York City-based VC firm Thrive Capital as a venture partner. Mm-hmm. We lost Jason. Sorry, I spit out my coffee. Did you say Thrive Ventures?
0: You said Thrive, right? <laughs>
1: Bravo. Made... Bravo on that bit.
0: <laughs> oh Bravo. See, Bravo. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I told you. I just I want really to make did. you laugh. You, you did. Just... Hold on a second. <laughs> Huh? It's Thrive Capital, the Kushner. Uh uh-uh. uh Um. Yet yeah, is dude
1: <laughs> this is so crazy? Okay, so like legendary Lib Bob Iger, super <laughs> Lib, super Lib, mega Lib, has now joined up with the Kushner family. Okay, to be an investor at Thrive Capital. I mean, I'm just saying we're right here. He could he could come here. He come work with us. He could go. Sequoia. He doesn't have to move to the Valley to he invest no. alongside. He could have you know, worked. He could
0: have with Sequoia and and anybody. He could have picked the litter choice. He chose to work with. And now I know they're, they're brothers, so uh-huh. it's separate, right? This is Josh Kushner's firm.
3: Josh, Josh, I understand.
0: Yeah, is not in favor of Trump. I mean, who even? But knows? Jared Kushner obviously no worked was you know worked at the White House, or whatever. But didn't Bob Iger spend the last like whatever number of years? fighting against trump it's, it's really
1: weird it's such a strange tie-up like it really is i mean I, I don't know anything about you know josh kushner and his politics i know that jared kushner was involved and maybe was even a co-founder of thrive capital and divested mm-hmm. as much as <laughs> anybody yeah, he in was that a family did yes, he, during right. the uh, administration huh. it's an odd tie-up and then of course they're both the son of charles kushner who i think went to like the big yeah he did yeah that
0: was a whole story to tell
1: Prison and it's a whole yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's a thing. I mean, if you want to look up a crazy story, those their parents, the dad and his brother, did like all kinds of crazy stuff to each other, like set each other up and like got to, I mean, it's gnarly, the the family story. It's like what was the story? What's the CNBC show that I was referencing the other day? American oh, yeah, Greed? The American there greed. must be an American Greed on On this family, sure right? Like, There's yeah, gotta be. It's, it's sorted and crazy.
1: I mean, it's, but yeah, exactly. Like as Nick Why points would- out, yeah, sounds like just the kind of people you want to get into business with. If you are Bob Iger and you are taking your impeccable reputation, Kara Swisher called him smooth jazz on the pit, the last pivot episode this morning, <laughs> like, cause he's so well, he's so cultivated. He's polished. so delightful. He's so polished. He's so smooth. High EQ. He has done everything right in his entire career. And then he's with these knuckleheads. And he just joined up with rec- of all of the firms in all, all the gin
0: joints. And I mean, it's a little weird. I mean, and, and I it's such I do a recognize choice. that like the brothers could have different opinions. I, I mean, that's completely possible, but that's so really yeah, here's weird.
1: Alex from the Noties. One Kush brother set up the other brother with a hooker and taped it and then blackmailed him.
0: I didn't want to get into all the details because that is, a, that's my understanding of it. And having a been a New Yorker, and remembering this, like this was in all the tabloids for like years. I mean, I guess nothing matters. Reputation does not matter. It, it's all like in the past. Well,
1: it doesn't because let's look at their investment history. Right here's like if you really want to get down to all that matters, I guess they
0: made some good late stage investments. Like I think they did Stripe and Spotify, Robinhood. But they were like they did early investments in Instagram, Stripe. I don't know if that's Spotify, true. Robinhood. Skims. I don't know if those were early. I'm really? going to be totally honest. I think they were later. I don't but think they way. were seed or Series A investments. I, I they could be wrong. Plaid but I think affirm, they were Glossier. doing like the Bs and Cs. I think they've had a good track record, though. Yes. Twitch. but yeah, okay. but still,
1: like but I mean, still? you know, right at the end of the day, like but still, that is but a very, still. I would say, surprising
0: choice. It's a really weird choice. I mean, I, if but you're a okay. Bob Iger, there's only like five venture firms you would want. That could even hold a candle to your reputation. This is not one of them. It's like he's kind of slumming it. I'll be honest. It's kind of weird.
1: Right? Like yeah. I sort of, anybody,
0: anybody would take him. Uh, anybody but would have his guy heartbeat. I, 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 a, I don't a know Josh Kushner, uh, so I'll leave it out there. <laughs> Me neither. Jared Kushner is obviously horrible, but <laughs> I don't know Josh Kushner. Josh I, found to thrive without Jared. Yeah, Jared is, okay. This I know, is know that he was nobody, involved. So I don't really know, but he was involved and had yeah, to do Yeah, because that, that became a little bit of a back channel amongst venture circles, because remember, now in the tech industry, I'd say it's 80% liberal moderates, and maybe 20% conservatives. I'm just painting with a really broad brush here. But if you mm-hmm. went and you took a survey at Google or whatever, now you go to the venture class, I think it's maybe 65, 35 moderates and liberals, putting them into one bucket. And then mm-hmm. maybe conservatives would be 25 to 35% amongst the venture capital class, because they have obviously, maybe more into finance and right. less government less spending, balancing the budget kind of thing. So just painting with a broad brush here. Mm-hmm. There was this, are we going to ever do a deal with that firm? Because it's got the Kushner name, and people saw Trump as an existential risk, yada, yada, yada. So there was a back channel, Molly of like, I don't, would you would entrepreneurs take money from that firm? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was people felt very scared when Trump got in office. I mean, for good reason, you know, closing the borders and some of the, you know, stuff he did. So that's where this like politics stuff, I think, getting too close to the Trump brand. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're here's the thing about the Trump brand, if you're a nobody, if you're Bannon, if you're I'm just speaking just Mm -hmm. strictly Mm -hmm. on a brand affiliation basis. If you're Bannon, if you're Roger Stone, if you're Alex Jones, if you're like some dip standing next to Trump, who's president, that lifts up your image, right? If you are Bob Iger being two steps removed, or one step re- one step removed here, if you're, um, you know, anybody who is just good in business, uh, it kind of became a little bit of a liability, Peter Thiel, another perfect example, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think people were like, I'm not going to work with founders fund, because of what Peter Thiel supported Trump. And I think there are people who would never take money from founders fund for that reason. Um, and I think that's why you saw Thiel kind of not talk about founders fund? Are you speaking gigs about founders fund for the last six years? Right, and then True. you saw—is Teal off the Facebook board now? He announced it. I don't know if he he's is. officially off. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know if he's actually officially. Yeah. And, officially and left, so yeah. that caused a bit of a problem, right? Peter Teal is mm-hmm. a big brand. Peter Teal's is really smart. Peter Teal is a great investor, great executive, brilliant person. And like that was like a big reputation cost in Silicon Valley, I think. Um, and so that—that's the only thing I'm talking about here. Putting politics aside, mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. have to think brand wise when you're making transitions, what brand do you want to be associated with? Absolutely. Everyone.
1: I make, mean, everyone thinks that way. Like, it's just, it would be naive to say that people don't think that way. And this is 100%. I would say a bigger, this is a, this is a get for thrive, right? Like, this is a reputation washing.
0: Right about now, everybody in Hollywood is like, what's Thrive Capital? Like, they're just googling it. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas if you went to Sequoia or Andreessen, uh, Excel, Kleiner, you know, any of that short list, or if he went the other way, Tiger Kotu, you know, more PE, you know, they'd be like, oh, makes total sense, right? Like, right, that's right. where that person's brand belongs. So this is a, um, but now this here is a, we this is a are big risk for Tiger to, you know, dip down. If you're looking for highly qualified elite international developers, but you don't wanna deal with the crazy time differences. I feel you. That's why I use developers who are in my time zone. And that's why you need to know about Ravello. Ravello is your answer. It's a talent platform and it matches you with vetted full-time remote developers in Latin America, which is where I have my developers. They work on U.S. time zones. So you're talking to them for 8, 9, 10 hours a day. And you can collaborate in real time, not play telephone. And you're going to spend less compared to hiring in the U.S. And I will tell you that the developers in Latin America are as good as the developers in America. You're going to get matched with your candidates in three days or less. They're going to handle the payroll, the taxes, the benefits, and more. You get to hire internationally without all the headaches. Ravelo engineers are full-time and embedded in your team, just like normal employees okay and they're proficient aws rust ruby react python node.js all of the great technical platforms out there they do here's your call to action go to revelo.com twist and mention twist to get 20 percent off your first three months very significant when you think about it R-E-V-E-L-O.com twist they offer a hundred percent risk-free 14 day trial period if you're not satisfied you pay nothing revel dot slash
1: twist they apparently met through their wives, journalist Willow Bay and Carly Kloss, both models for Estee Lauder.
0: They both have model wives. That's how
1: this um, came to be, evidently. Uh, okay. Per. That's
0: interesting. The Wall Street Journal. W- were, the mo- were they on a I shoot together? or something? I don't know. Maybe th- I are don't they know. active model? I don't know. I've heard I don't know. Carly Kloss is an influencer or an actual model? She's an actual model. She's like she's a super
1: big deal supermodel, but it, I know I understand okay. that it's hard. It's like hard to know who really is and who isn't.
0: I just want to say like she's I'm a big STEM activist. For me, there's like supermodels. It's like there's 12 and like one or two come out and then one or two go in. But like the supermodel term is now everybody's a model. I think I'm going to be a model now. Same.
1: She's Same. A, she does girls Same. who code. She's really big in STEM. I mean, oh, like okay. that's, she's no, cool. that's actually super cool, <laughs> you know. I don't assume that Willow Bay is, she's a journalist, but maybe also, uh, I don't, look, I don't know. All I'm saying is that's... Journalist model? That's how they met. That apparently is how they met. Maybe they really Uh, had a great connection. And I'm not... I do think models. it would be yeah. fair to say, though, that if you are one of the entrepreneurs, evidently, like one of the things that Iger is going to do at Thrive Capital is like mentor and offer advice to founders, which I is a his... huge value add for yeah, that. that's a big firm deal. already and those founders. Now, to be
0: clear, he's not going full time. This is a venture partner thing, which basically means they give him cash to invest in companies. They give him the lion share, I bet, to get him mm-hmm. of the carry and they take a small percentage of the carry. So I think this is a way for him to get access to maybe $250 million of their maybe 10% of the fund, they have a $3 billion fund or something like that, if I read correctly this morning, whatever billions under management they have, you know, maybe he's now got access to a hundred million a year, 50 million a year to invest in startups, mm-hmm. if they get 25% carry, maybe they gave him 15 or 20 of the points just to get his name on the website. Right. And to attract founders. Um, in fact, there would be an argument to just give him all of it. Just be like, whatever, <laughs> you know, we'll take ten percent of whatever you make. You take ninety, we'll take ten, just to have you in the family. And for him, then he's plug and play, ready to go. But I think he would have been better off going to Sequoia or somewhere like that. But Sequoia actually doesn't have celebrity. A lot of times these celebrities don't actually do the work. So that's the other thing with these celebrity investors. Uh, do they actually want to do 10, 20 meetings a week? Right. kind of what it takes. You right. know, if you're going to I be mean, a VC, sort of it's going to be a 60-hour week and it's going to be 10, minimum 10 companies a week to meet with if you're going to be successful. I mean, it's pretty, unless you have some magical deal flow. Mm-hmm. I think and a lot honestly, of celebrities underestimate the actual effort and time. You're coming up against this. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of time this takes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have a slightly unusual situation in that
0: regard. Well, we have with to record the, the, the pod for Six-day-week day show. You know, Six-day-week show. You know, but, I mean, it's. I was thinking about this the other day. I was just like, "My lord, this to be successful at this job." I think I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to be successful as a venture capitalist and put in less than 50 or 60 hours a week. I just don't think it's possible. Like my contemporaries are six, seven days a week. Like I'm getting emails from them seven days a week. You, you got to put that extra hour in at like 11 o'clock when you put your kids to bed. It's just yeah. Be careful what you wish for. A lot of people are doing this VC job, and I'll stop with my little tangent here. And this might be something for Sunday, VC Sunday School, a lot of people are doing this job. And they're kind of phoning it in. And I can tell you that's not going to work in a down market. So a lot of people yeah. who were throwing darts and be like, this job's easy. I'll just you know, whatever Sequoia did the series A for I'll just overpay for the series B and I'll just throw money at it. I won't read the term sheet. I won't do diligence. That's not going to work anymore. That only works some- for that last 25%
1: of the upmarket. And I think there's like a percept, there must be a perception that that's happening. Cause there was, there was some tweet the other day that was like, you know, look at a VC's calendar. Like, oh, I don't have time to squeeze you in today. And it was like, it was funny. Cause it's the first oh, it yeah. like it nine to like 10, listen to all in. Meditation. Right, but then it was like a lunch and then some meditation and then do this thing. And then, and it was like two meetings on there. And I was like, mother trucker, like come no. come and look at my, no. let me just screenshot <laughs> this for you. Like, <laughs> no, are it's... you kidding? Like there are 55 hours, there are 11 hours a day
0: just on the calendar, just calendar well, hours. I, I did. I only saw the all-in part of this. Do not course, disturb yeah. all-in podcast. I, I kind of can get behind this. I mean, that made me laugh. Wait, a what bit. did what like, the other uh-huh. say? Like, catch up on but Twitter. Then it was
1: like founder pitch. One like one founder pitch. Catch on Twitter up on Twitter for an hour. Take a founder to lunch. Meet with Twitter ghostwriter. I mean, tweet, the fact that Twitter is five hours trend. is
0: kind of the best part of this. It, it's not founder inaccurate. pitch. Ten thirty a.m. This one founder pitch. Pick up kids. Uh, do not work day over. Yeah, that's the problem is the pickup kids work day over.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> all in thing is fine. Anyway, I'm saying there's well, clearly I, a perception that. that VCs are like goofing
0: off and going to better. Goofing man. off. And I will say I don't know. I don't know any of I'm them. I'm trying to teach you what the way I learned, which is old school, which is it's a numbers game, how much time you can spend with founders, how many yeah. founders you can meet. I'm just trying to teach the whole team like this is a numbers game. Uh I was relentless in meeting with unbelievable number of companies. And that's how you get you build that signal. And you put on Cerebro like Professor X. And you're like, Oh, there's something going on in Alaska, fire up the jet cyclops, we're going to Alaska, there's a mutant there. And then you go find Logan. Like, if you want to find the mutants, like you got to put Cerebro on you got to really search. It's a good Really search. Nick, fire up that
1: meme machine. We need Jason with Cerebro on.
0: Well, I, you know, uh, my friend Alexis Ohanian uh, made a really cool piece of software where he's tracking, apparently, I think it's a really brilliant idea. He's tracking post investment support, and somebody tweeted it. So he just, you know, he, he made Reddit, which is like a very elegant, simple piece of software and, and great software. And that Web 2.0 era is elegant, and it kind of just does what it's supposed to do. And I get the sense he, he took that community stuff. And he built it into his version of Cerebral searching for mutants, a a metaphor, you know, many of us, many of us have used, which is when you look at great entrepreneurs make a two by two matrix, easy to get along, hard to get along with, and um, like ability, you know, like how hard working and you know, their general aptitude for it, you know, their their, their ability to be a founder. And it's like, which quadrant do you think we make our money? And it's like the ones who are hard to get along with, and who are really driven, like, yeah, the end, like they're mutants. They're 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 not easy to get along with, a- and you're gonna fight with them over you know all kinds of details, and you know you might not agree with them, but that's that's how you make money. It's just going back to I like a little freedom to be
1: unlikable in the relentless pursuit of success.
0: <laughs> Frankly, well, I, I no. mean, I hate
1: to make it a gender thing though. Not... Later, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't get that permission. We are gonna later. That's my point. Yeah, talk about times when that can go awry potentially.
0: I think you'll be the greatest climate investor in history. I'm putting it out there right now. I think given your work ethic and what I saw in the first six months and your your heart and desire to do this uh, and the commitment you've shown, I think you will become the greatest climate investor of all time. I think you'd be like you, John Doerr, like and then Vinod, like it'd be one, two, three um, because they're kind of done and you're just getting started and you got, I'd say 25 years to do this. I think you'll do this till you're 70, 75. You could put in 25 years in this job and everything you do in the first two years is going to be like the epilogue. And then it's going to be like, Oh, yeah, year three, she met this company. And she backed them before anybody else did, right? And then it's that will be the Uber of the space or the Google of the space. Mm-hmm. But it really is about work ethic, you know, and I it think that's the thing that's going to change.
1: Thank you. And second, that is my plan. I think so much about the other day when we had that conversation about adding a zero to your expectations. I yeah. have thought about that every single day. And like, specifically done that inside my mind. Like, yes, that's the plan. Let's go.
0: It's, it really is about work. ethic. Somebody's and gonna you gonna I mean. say it, right? You can't I mean, I say all the time, listen, I'm trying to be the best investor in the history of venture capital. Like, that's the goal I have. I know I'm top 10 angel, you know, probably top 25, you know, in terms of who people would want on their cap table right now. And why not go for being number one? Hey, listen, if you if you wind up being Steph Curry, to Jordan, you know, and you know uh, LeBron and Kobe. Okay, fine. So be it. It's f- great people mm-hmm. to be, but you know, standing behind. We're at the foot of Mount Rushmore because they've filled up those four spots. But I said the other day, I'm the best moderator in the business, and people were like, "Yeah, that's probably true." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and then somebody was like, "I don't think you are." I was like, "Okay." you like names. Right. Tell names. me more. Tell right. me the names. And they're like Tim Ferriss. I was like, "Okay, yeah, Tim and I are on par." Sure. Like, find me. When has Tim moderated Three Maniacs? Well, I was going
1: to say, there's what you said is a very specific thing, right? You weren't like, I'm the best podcaster, I'm the best co-host, I'm the best host. You were like, who can manage
0: a bag
1: of rabid cats? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
0: Tigers. Three tiger puppies. (laughs) Three (laughs) angry (laughs) tigers (laughs) ripping everything apart in front of them. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. But Seema Moody was like, a woman could never say this. I was like, fair, but
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why not give true. it a shot, right? I mean, you can. It's just that everybody will try to shout you out of existence or whatever. But
0: yeah, they do that to me too.
1: At the same I mean, time, just say it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, we got to move on to this bigger news. We do here. we actually do see look. Oh, we're just goofing off this week. Okay,
0: little tangent. Okay, everybody big news right now, Dell has its semi annual sale going on and select devices will get a free upgrade to Windows 11 Pro. And that's not Dell's only amazing offer today. No, if you're a founder, you need to know about Dell for startups. Yes, they have a program just for startups and it's a no brainer. You're going to get access to a team of expert IT advisors. These experts will provide you with customized solutions to take your tech stack to world-class status and Dell will help you access capital for building out that tech stack. Because hey, listen, we all know you want to extend that runway. And Dell understands that and they're going to give you great financing. Plus, you're going to get exclusive discounts for Dell's amazing hardware, which I love. I love my Dell. I love my Alienware. I love my Dell monitor so much great stuff. In fact, we send every new employee at both of my companies a beautiful 39 inch ultra sharp curved monitor. That's my favorite product they make. So here's how it works. You apply for Dell for startups today and you get up to 10% off on powerful tech via Dell semi annual sale. by Dell semi annual sale. Just head to Dell.com slash twist. That's Dell D E slash twist to join the program.
1: The other thing uh, that was happening today while this Bob Iger news was seemed like the big the big deal was that Peter Zatko aka Mudge Twitter's former head of security, had his whistleblower hearing today in front of Congress. We just went ahead and grabbed the best clips for you. Does it seem like the best? I feel like the best strategy is just like show you some clips and then talk about them. First up, we have a 59 second clip where Mudge just sort of sets up the
4: scope of the security issues at Twitter. I'm here today because Twitter leadership is misleading the public, lawmakers, regulators, and even its own board of directors. What I discovered when I joined Twitter was that this enormously influential company was over a decade behind industry security standards. And when an influential media platform can be compromised by teenagers, thieves, and spies, and the company repeatedly creates security problems on their own, this is a big deal for all of us. When I brought concrete evidence of these fundamental problems to the executive team, and repeatedly sounded the alarm of the real risks associated with them. And these were problems brought to me by the engineers and employees of the company themselves. The executive team chose instead to mislead its board, shareholders, lawmakers, and the public instead of addressing them.
1: Okay. That was a big opener. That was, he went for the rafters.
0: I mean, this is so explosive, and um, we're just going to talk about the whistleblower here and not its downstream impacts. I'm not going to talk about other issues with Twitter and their corporate development. Also, uh, I'm of the reasons. opinion,
1: as are many legal experts, that they are unrelated.
0: They are. So. Well, yeah, or 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 they, they're they admissible all of a sudden, apparently. So uh, let's put that other case yes. on the side and talk about no this comment case. comment is our official <laughs> no, position on, not on the other thing. We're only talking about this one I'm thing. We're only talking about the whistleblower So he says they're a decade behind, that's stunning, for a modern company with unlimited resources to be a decade behind, and then misleading the public and the board. Mm -hmm. This is where you start to realize there's a cover up. And that Mudge is super credible, because he has very specific instances of what he's claiming here, the cover up, and we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. But the misleading of your board of directors, this is like where this could tip over into a fine and sanctions that are perhaps unprecedented. I I don't know if you remember the Facebook fines, but I think they hit a billion dollars. It was the largest one ever. Five. I think these fines could be very large. And he gets a percentage of the fines, by the way, because of the whistleblower laws. And I just want to say, like, shout out to whistleblowers. like. Um Francis Haugen, am I pronouncing mm-hmm. her name correct? Haugen. Mm-hmm. Haugen. She was not in a top, I think probably Mudge's position was top seven in the company, something in that range. She, she was far below that. Um, and she had like really explosive stuff. Like, oh my God, they know that they're damaging children. Mm-hmm. And then this is like a next level thing because this ties right to the board and to these claims of don't write anything down and suppress information. And mislead people. And it's always the cover up, not the crime, as they say in the business. When you see the cover up start to feel really suspect and, you know, like, okay, well, why did you, you know, delete these documents? Why didn't you tell people? Why didn't you write it down? That's when you're like, ah, you know, we got gotcha. you. Uh, and I think that's what I got from only the first hour and a half of this I listened to on Double Speed.
1: Yeah. Well, the, what do you think? We'll keep going through the clips. I think, you know, my overall takeaway was, yes, Twitter security is pretty obviously a clown show. It's to a pretty dangerous degree. I didn't hear specific examples of that. Like, at no point was much like, I know this happened. I know, a you know, a public figure was impersonated on Twitter. I also didn't hear, and under quite specific questioning about the FTC... He did. He was not able to say I know for a fact that Twitter misrepresented to the FTC the terms of the consent decree. Right. I also thought to myself repeatedly, this is so bad. And I guarantee that almost every other company has almost the same security issues and that if any whistleblower had come forward about security issues at a lot of high ranking companies, they would be pretty similar. Like how he was like, you know, the laptops don't conform to the security parameters. Yep, that's every company everywhere. Like it was interesting to have there was a great tweet where somebody had said every every CISO or CISO, you know, every chief information security officer who's ever been fired for surfacing internal security risks. Every security exec who's ever made a hard call and been blamed instead of supported, watch the speed and watch Mudge get to say all the things you didn't get to say. Like yeah. I think this is common. The scale of the danger is in question, but yeah. I was I was like, yep, now do Facebook. Now, well, here's the thing.
0: Now do oh. Google, which has like, an on uh, here's what i I actually data. think if you look at those three companies, I was going to bring both of them up as the as the examples. Yeah, they are known uh, for being tech driven leadership, Zuckerberg, Larry and Sergey, like the DNA of the company was technologists, developers, and they have incredible security put in place. And then Twitter was always known as not being able to keep the service up and running the fail. Well, not never having great tech leadership, never being able to ship products. So I do think you know, when Zuckerberg called them the clown car that crashed into a diamond mine or whatever that famous quote is, I think it is sort of like that they struck a chord in product design, they struck a chord in, you know, the 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 format, uh, Mm -hmm. and the interactivity, the UX level, that was their expertise and genius. And then their Achilles heel has always been technology. And I think maybe yeah, Di- that's fair. had Ev, DiCostolo, and I Jack. I mean, they've never... Twitter Ignore has, it for
1: 15 years. Exactly. Like, Twitter has never taken its own product seriously, whether it was in terms of its impact on its users, its impact on the world, or the its security. Button. I think that's 100% true, that they have not so, taken it seriously, probably yeah. to a worse extent than other companies. But in I will say, I, would say. Yeah. I what, there was a part of me listening to this that was like, I don't know that you can hold this up as the gold standard of insecure companies, because I'm sure that these problems exist.
0: I, I'm sure However, there's much worse, but it also scale, was very bad. And it's also the scale of it, right? And the influence of it. So if right. let's say your SaaS company was just as bad with 10,000 paid customers, you know, like, okay, what's the footprint of damage? The footprint of damage here, when you have world leaders on the service, the president is using it, you know, president of every country is using it. Every media outlets using it. Every celebrity is using it. Every, you know, CEO is using it. The fact that those people are being compromised, and then the internal stuff, when he said like half of the people have access to everybody's accounts, and that low level people are turning off accounts or are looking at them, and they have no controls in place to see who's looking at stuff. Facebook went through this, there was somebody Mm -hmm. on the Facebook team who was stalking their ex. And that got discovered. And then they created a system. It's a very simple auditing log. Anybody who logs in, to check on another person's account, it gets logged and a person looks at it and they have to write why did I look at this, just like a cop or a detective when they use the database to look at license plate numbers, they have to log in. So that you know, hey, detective Calacanis is looking at license plates, and I have to put why I'm pulling up this license plate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you take a risk, right? Like that's why when some people yeah. says run run a license plate for me. People are like uh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> right people were running license plates at Facebook to spy on their ex girlfriends to find out who they were DMing with. Yeah, I'm I mean, it's really scary stalker. But shit. I'm
1: just saying that actually happened at Facebook. And then they like, like in your Mudge was like, theoretically, that could happen. But I don't know of any times that it did.
0: I'm just I saying I think we're gonna find out a lot. If you're an accredited investor, you need to know about special purpose vehicles. What's an SPV? It's an investment vehicle that allows 250 accredited investors to invest up to $10 million via one entry on a startup's cap table. So if you're an angel investor, you got a bunch of rich friends, maybe your poker buddies, you could start your own syndicate powered through SPVs, just like me. At thesyndicate.com, we are powered by our friends over at Shore. My syndicate has over 10,000 members and almost 5,000 of them have already done a deal and I've done over 250 deals, thanks to my friends at a They do all this backend and fund administration for me. They're the leading provider of SPVs and fund administration in the world, with over $2.5 billion in AUA, assets under administration. And they've completed, wait for it, over 5,000 transactions. Nobody's done more, nobody's done it better. They've developed their own innovative software called Glassboard to automate the entire investment experience from entity formation all the way to IPO. And not only do investors love it, but founders love this process as well because it keeps their cap tables nice and clean. And so you can trust them. They're really hardworking and they do a great job. Super responsive to get 20% off your first special purpose vehicle. Visit assure.co/twist. A slash twist. A-S-S-U-R-E dot C-O slash twist. That's assured.co slash twist to get 20% off your first SPV. Let's, well, the next clip gets into those details. Yeah, let's get in there.
4: To put it bluntly, Twitter leadership ignored ignored its engineers because key parts of leadership lacked the competency to understand the scope of the problem, but more importantly, their executive incentives led them to prioritize profits over security. So what are the problems I discovered? Two basic issues. First, they don't know what data they have, where it lives, or where it came from, and so, unsurprisingly, they can't protect it. And this leads to the second problem, which is the employees then have to have too much access to too much data and to too many systems. You can think of it this way, which is it doesn't matter who has keys if you don't have any locks on the doors.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, management doesn't understand the problem. Mm -hmm. And this is where data is really problematic. Uh, I'm making data decisions at inside.com, right? And I'm Um, like, Do what is the benefit of us having that data? Should we keep it or not? Right, right. And I think your data is my liability is how a lot of companies are looking at this. Now, when you have an ad based business, you're kind of like, Oh, your data is how I make money. So collect, collect, collect is the default. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of startups now are looking at saying like, I I really do not want to have your data, please, Mm -hmm. for the love of God, I don't want to have any access to your password hash it. I do not want to have access to your location. Just scrub that data from the system. Just don't keep it but this is this is really troubling that his if his accusation turns out to be accurate that the management team was subverting this information in order to hit their bonuses it's pretty dark pretty dark because they're putting everybody at risk to make their money it's kind of like there are no stuff you know like yeah we're going to make money and be famous so we can cut corners but we'll see you know this is this is one side of the story they're going to they're going to pull up parag next and we'll get the other side
1: we should, yeah, we should probably say allegedly, and Twitter was not there to respond today. So uh, here he is, uh, responding to a question about hiring a security company for an internal review, this and then so Twitter damning. management intercepting the results. This was the this most 52 for
0: seconds me so far. Your complaint also details how Twitter's executive team uh, was concerned that the report that you'd commissioned would be damaging if it got out, and that they worked to intentionally remove or modify information that might be especially embarrassing for Twitter. Is that correct?
4: Yes, sir. I I found that very disturbing. The company that I hired, with the knowledge of the other executives and the uh, head of Site Integrity, uh, which did not report to me, but that this uh, independent organization was going to uh, analyze and do gap analysis, uh, the company reached out to me and said, hey, Mudge, Twitter is jumping in and making us open a separate contract, and uh, telling us not to provide you the results to your own work. This does not feel right to us what's going on.
0: This was the one I I told uh, I asked the team to clip because this felt like the smoking gun to me. What do you think?
1: Yes. I'm so torn on this because I think I think nothing ever happens in a vacuum and Twitter is a disaster. So like you're saying it is a, disaster. It's a disaster as a product. It's, disa- it's a disaster with respect to security. Like all of that is true. And also, I just don't know of a single company that, you know, like it's just. And also, this is what companies do. They prioritize profits over user safety over and over and over and over. And every time you see that happen in social media, the results are just hmm. devastating. So and nobody is out here protecting personal data. For God's sake, there aren't even any laws. Like, I think every I really agree that every chief security officer would have some version of this story to tell if they were compelled to Congress. I
0: don't think that they would have this specific piece. So let let me just break down what I think is happening here. Mm -hmm. I think that Mudge was brought in by Jack because Jack said, we need to clean this up. This is an existential risk to the company. He brings him in, then I guess there is a management change. And now Parag's the boss, or maybe Jack hasn't been working there as much full time and doesn't have time. So Parag's the one kind of working with him, uh, or whoever. And then he says, Okay, I'm gonna shine light on anything. He's, he's there to clean up, right? So you but bring no him in to clean wants up that no one wants that. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's sort of like, and I've been involved in this where I've had three companies in 350 where no, Yeah, three different instances where we had to do a a kind of an audit, let's say, for various reasons. Sometimes it's HR, sometimes it's accounting, sometimes it's people's expense reports Could be any number of things that the board becomes aware of. And then the board is under an obligation to investigate those things. Mm -hmm. And or a review, you can sometimes you don't use the word investigate, you just do a review, but you need a third party to do the review. What happens when a third party review comes in? Well, if in fact, there's been shenanigans, this whole, let's call it a dance, occurs. Mm-hmm. So I'm just giving you like the inside of what happens. The dance mm-hmm. occurs. Here's mm-hmm. how the dance works. This group of people, management, know there was a screw up. The board is like, uh, we didn't know about the screw up. We need to a but we're loyal to us management because we're getting shares in the company. We're paid. We're aligned. We want the share price to go up. But we also we we don't want to be in a New York Times story that the board did not didn't do anything. So now there's evidence of wrongdoing. There's management trying to clean it up, perhaps. There's a board that's trying to CYA, but knows they have to throw somebody under the bus, possibly, but they want to be loyal and but they want to do the right thing. So they want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Then you have somebody like this who's the third party who came in to clean up they have only one mission clean it up. You, that's what you're hiring me for. Mm-hmm. So let's play out the dance. Clearly, management has been inept. That's not there's no question about that. We, we nope. know that we see it. We literally feel it. it as a democracy. Okay. Right. <laughs> so we see it as uses of the product, all the releases, we know that they're not good at this. And especially not compared to cameras, we know Mudge is great at this. And mm-hmm. we know the board, they didn't invest their money. These are people who are ceremonially put on the board and they all got, you know, a couple million dollars in shares. And we know they are CYA. They're not the founders of the company. So what would happen in a situation like this? Executive team races to clean stuff up and to spin it to the board to squash the issue. Mm -hmm. That's typically what happens. Mm -hmm. And there's a negotiated settlement. Maybe this wasn't as bad. Maybe how can we spin this? Oh, somebody went and spent fifty thousand dollars on stuff they shouldn't have spent. Oh, they accidentally used the wrong card where they were traveling and their personal card didn't work. They used their professional one. They forgot to change the expense report. I'm just using the classic expense report right. thing. And it's like, oh yeah, no, it was a complete oversight. He paid the money back and they put interest on it. We can squash this issue. Oh, there was a misunderstanding between two people who dated at the company. Oh, yeah, we paid for that person's two years of salary. They said nothing happened. They signed this agreement. It was just a misunderstanding. That's the dance. Mm -hmm. And here we are, we're in the middle of the dance. Mm -hmm. And now you have to ask yourself, who's the most credible the CYA board, the CYA cover your exec team or pro or this guy, I'm going with this guy. And the fact that he commissioned a report, and then they went and told the people doing the report to not give him the information but to give it to them and to not include certain information and mm-hmm. the people making the report felt so uncomfortable they told mudge if this is true mm-hmm. if cuz that's the next group that's going to get pulled up is that security team and they might have the receipts that they said do not put these three things in the report and do not give it to mudge yeah that's the cover up that to me is the whole game right there they that, if that's true it's game over for the entire management team there and it's a, it's a, it's hundreds of millions in fines and settlements with shareholders. That's my prediction. Um, here is
1: there. It, it amazingly gets even worse.
0: <laughs> this testimony. But you
1: understand the because dance. Because i pretty soon, of course I understand the dance. I'm a yeah. 20 year journalist. Like yeah. I understand the dance. I am just saying this dance Nobody talks about the dance. At every company, all talks day, about the every day. And there are so many sins. There are so many sins that I think. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to keep a lot of things in my head at the same time. One, Twitter is a security nightmare. Two, Twitter may be no more or less a security nightmare than Facebook or Enron or T-Mobile, which has been hacked like 10,000 times in the last like 10 years, right? And I don't, I, I think there's a, there's a no comment part of this. That is an eagerness for Twitter to be in the wrong here that I am holding in my head at the same time, yeah. And also, Twitter is a disaster and for has historically a been a disaster for the only example, thing I just
0: here, I think you're giving them way too much credit that they're anywhere near the technical ability
4: of Google
0: or, Facebook. I mean, there's a reason why Facebook has 10 times the user base and Google has 10 times the user base. It's They're just not comparable in technical ability.
1: Ooh, yeah, exactly. I mean, they are definitely better at building horrifying surveillance machines and exactly. monetizing the crap out of them and then turning yes. down any potential opportunity to take care of their users. They're in technically favor better. of growth and revenue. They are technically better yes. at screwing their users
0: and ruining but, discourse. But technically and better, nonetheless. If you were to rate on a scale of one to 10 technical ability in interwebs, you would put Google and Facebook at Absolutely. A no doubt. And you about would put it. Twitter at six. 100%.
1: Yeah. Let's go to the clip where, and this is like, it's, you know, things are legit scary. This Here's is your much clip. responding to a question about his claims that the Indian government installed oh an operative. At this Twitter, this one 73
0: this seconds. You wrote in your complaint the Indian government forced Twitter uh, to hire Indian government agents who then had direct and unsupervised access uh, to data. And a former Twitter employee was convicted last August uh, of working as an agent of the Saudi kingdom. How common do you think it is for foreign entities, for hostile agencies, to successfully install sympathetic actors at Twitter? Um, and why might they do so?
4: there were many of reasons why you would do so in particular to not just identify people of interest or Uh, track groups of interest, but also to maybe look at whether or not Twitter has identified your agents or your information operations. Um, What other governments uh, has Twitter possibly identified? And remember, you know, outside of the ability to access large amounts of data on the engineering side, uh, you would want to know what Twitter's plan is as far as uh, whether they will cede to your demands for control of information within their environments or not, in order to change different types of political pressure, such as strong arming. And as we saw, uh, that uh, that country was even threatening to put Twitter employees in jail if Twitter didn't change particular activities.
1: I mean, Twitter definitely seemed to have an infiltration problem, right? Like at one point they had those Saudi employees. I think he also, in his testimony, said that they had like a Chinese agent. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then finally, to wrap it all up, like this is what happens when you neglect <laughs> your product to the extent that it does actual damage to public discourse, democracy, and maybe national security, is that you have stuff like this being said by Senator Lindsey Graham.:
3: So here's what I promised to you: that we're going to take your testimony, we're going to learn from it. We're going to create a system more like Europe. A regulatory environment with TEETH, uh, an agency that came about after 1914, with the power to deal with privacy issues, content moderation. If you're going to be in this space, you have to harden your sites against foreign interference. You have to protect your sites against criminality. And if somebody takes your content down, you'll have an appeal process outside the group who did it. Does that sound kind of like where we need to be going? Those all sound good to me, and I would hope uh,
4: measurable and transparent. And thank you, sir.
3: Well, we're headed that way with my good friend, Senator Hawley, who's gonna join the Graham-Warren team. We're gonna come up with a regulatory system to make sure that people in this space pay better attention. They have consequences if they don't change their behavior. It's long past due.
1: So for those who are watching the video, we didn't see him, but that was Senator Lindsey Graham saying that he was in a team up with Elizabeth Warren to, uh, he talked about potentially like CEOs of social media companies having to have a license, uh, creating the ability for users to sue social media companies if they cause them damage. And then literally saying the words, we're looking at a regime more like Europe. That is where Republican senators are sitting right now. Lindsey Graham, who then one minute later was like, "P.S. I'm going to use the power of the state to make sure that women can't have abortions." Like, what?
0: I would think Lady G would be more simplifi- have more sympathy for
1: the ladies <laughs> when you don't take care of your shh. Thought stuff ladies stuck together. Twitter. Okay, I'm just okay. I'm locking up by that one. <laughs> I'm just on by that I don't one.
0: <laughs> understand why every time they talk about by. him, they just my feed is just all Lady G. Where yeah. did I like Lady Gaga? I went to see Lady Gaga. Why do they refer to him I'm as Lady leaking, Gaga? I'm Walking by, I'm still walking. I don't understand the moniker. And it trends all the way. Every this is the problem with my Twitter. With, speaking of Twitter, Lady G trends. I'm like, oh, Gaga dropped a new track. I'm a Gaga stan. And it's always Lindsey Graham speaking. I don't understand. Okay, I'm going to put that aside. Lindsey Graham teaming up with Elizabeth Warren is like the Riddler teaming up with Robin from Batman and Robin. Like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if he really is. I would be I'm so curious. This to is the what, team what up. I did not Warren expect. Have to, but I think what we're really talking about is like this is the consequence. And look, I hate to be the one who keeps saying this, but okay. it's not like Twitter was not warned, right? It's oh not God. as though they, they're, under a, they're under a fine.
3: It's not as though
1: people have not been saying for well over a decade, like, hey, you need to clean this up. You need to clean up all of it. You need to clean up Mm -hmm. the harassment. You need to clean up the part where you let everybody say whatever the hell they want, and you don't do anything about it, and you let them brigade, and you have all this coordinated inauthentic activity, and you, you don't respect user privacy in favor of targeted ads, and you choose growth over everything else. It's not as though we have not been saying this to Twitter for 15 years, and now you are in so much trouble. You have... The bed
0: so yeah. completely, yes. that we have to burn the house down. All right, listen, I'm going to name this super team. These two geriatric centers, I'm going to call them the Karens. Lindsey Graham, and Elizabeth Warren, the Please Karens, don't. they're coming in, they're going to regulate your social media here. Uh, I, I have a very pragmatic view on regulation. These social media companies are dumb because they have flaunted their absolute disregard for the impact of their products in the world. And they uh, have snubbed their nose at regulators. And so what happens when you do that for too long? Well, then people get upset, the public, and the public puts pressure on their representatives, and then you get regulated. And the regulation, of course, is done by people outside your industry, what you always want to do is regulate yourself. And the best example of this is the movie industry. The movie industry was getting in a lot of hot water, right? People were upset. Oh, this movie's too violent. Oh, this movie's got too much sex in it. And then the Motion Picture Association said, okay, we hear you. You don't want your kids to see whatever happened in The Exorcist that was way too graphic, whatever happened in this movie that was too much sex, whatever it was. And they said, no problem. We'll create our own organization. And we'll rate the movies. We'll have G rated and we'll have R rated. Then they're like, you know, that's not enough. So they went to G. Then they went to PG. And they said, well, this is kind of like third. And then they were like, well, this is kind of a little too much for a 10 year old. They're like, okay, we'll come up with PG 13. And then we'll come up with not rated. And then we'll come up with X. And they self regulated Molly and they created a board that looked at every movie. And if you wanted to be in movie theaters, the movie theaters required, at least the big chains, you submit your movie to the MPAA. So they could put that parental warning at the start of every film. Then the government was like, Okay, fair enough. I gave Zuckerberg and Cheryl the answer to this question. I gave them this the equivalent of the MPAA. When somebody logs into these services, it should say, would you like to pay $5 a month, we will track nothing? Or would you like the free advertising version? We're going to track everything you do and serve you ads. If they had that, that would be the equivalent, Molly, in my estimation of the MPAA self rating, because they could say look at 7% of people paid us half of what Netflix costs, our average user spends more time on the service than Netflix. So we think we're worth at least what Netflix charges. And if people want to trade their, their data for that, who are you, the politicians? to say no, we put this we we remind everybody on the first of the month they have this option. And we link to what data we're using. And they can go see their profile and see their data. And at any point, they can click delete all my data I'm paying and put their credit card in. If they did that, they would have the high ground. That's my belief. Yeah, I believe they brought this on themselves. Oh, they 100% did. Like and I blame 100% Zuck most with just I blame with Zuck most He's the just most like overreaching arrogance, it's greed, arrogance and complete lack of empathy. It's disregard for the impact of your product. The negative, there's always mm-hmm. negative, there's negatives to almost every product. I wouldn't say all products, uh, but there's, there's a negative to all products. Listen, if you make- Yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola. If you drink too much water, you'll die.
3: Right. There's a negative but, uh, to everything Coca-Cola. in excess.
0: You know, take Coca-Cola. Yeah. It's got a lot of sugar in it, but we also make sparkling water, and we also make a diet <laughs> version. So yeah. you chose Coca-Cola and it says how much sugar it is. And by the way, we make a Coca-Cola in those little cute cans, you know, little cute six ounce cans. We make a 12 ounce can, a 16 ounce bottle, and a 32 ounce bottle. You you, if you're blaming us for being fat, well, why didn't you just drink one of the six ounce ones? Yeah. You drank two 32 ounce ones a day? Did you ever consider the diet? Or maybe you take maybe drink two sparkling waters, have some Dasane in between guzzling sugar water? You can't sue Coca-Cola. They provide a, a range of options to you. Right.
1: I mean, Nick per- puts it perfectly, actually. Producer Nick, social media started as Coca-Cola and became cigarettes. <laughs> then they doubled down. I mean, that's beautiful. And then they beautiful. doubled down on lying about it, on covering yes. up how bad it the was. The cover-up
0: is worse than the, the crime. The cover-up is
1: worse than the crime. I mean, that is beautiful. Like, that is 100% what happened. And they never 100% Zuck's fault. took control of the tumor, ever. 100% on Zuck. If Mm, I'm Kevin, I'm sorry, I'm putting Jack in here like this is this what Mudge said today, there's no way I'm letting Jack off the hook for this. No way. But I
0: will say the, the social media standard was set by the leader who bought Instagram and WhatsApp, and just was like, we're, we're going to make this about your data and selling it to the highest bidder. And, you know, that makes it hard for everybody else to come up with a competing service. I think if at some point... It's not only our
1: data, it's also we're going to let whatever, we're going to let everything go. We're going to let everything fly on this platform. We're going to let people say what they want. Yep. We're going to let them like, you know, pile on, harass people off of it. Like yesterday when I was talking about speech, I think there was the impression that I thought that the problem was that the platforms don't regulate speech enough. It's that they spent mm. so little time regulating speech that now my speech is infringed by a bunch of like bots who make it no fun to say anything on Twitter.
0: I, I, I don't even I mean
1: bots, actually. I mean, people. Actual just a-holes on Twitter who make it not fun
0: to be there. You saw what I I'm did on my I, Twitter, I'm going to file like a free right? speech lawsuit that's basically about other users. You saw what I did with my Twitter? <laughs> I now yeah. am following anybody who quote retweets. I talked about yesterday on the show. Anybody who quote retweets me, anybody who lo- likes something, I just follow like 500 of those people a day. I only let those people who I follow now comment. And then people who want to comment on my stuff, they now DM me. Or they quote to me. Hey Jake, how can you follow me so I can comment? And I'm like, okay. And then if they say something obnoxious, when I when I uh, unfollow them, they can't reply. It's made I mean, it. That delightful. sounds like a
1: full time job.
0: It is, but uh, I have some tools. I have some tips and techniques and people helping. Let's just leave it yeah. at that. I have a little social media team, but this experiment is working. So I don't know how you productize my little thing, but there you is make it the a, default. Make it the default would be great. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I mean, have to approve. I mean, I have a private Instagram. I have to approve every follower. I know. You approve. Let it. me have I a can. default. Let me start a default
0: yeah. profile
1: on Twitter. No one can follow me unless I want them to.
0: That's the closed following. So, there's, yeah, they just, ha- again, they're just not studying the user behavior because they kind of have half of that, which is you could have a private account. Right. But what if you, it's not that you don't want to have a I public account. I want a public account. account. You, want a just want account. you just don't want spots. The, the amount mm-hmm. of bots I'm getting is also insane. I got MAGA brigading combined with bots, and so now Twitter is not livable for me anymore. And it, it's it's getting worse for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're just not paying attention to the problem. It's it's the all in bond. Oh, okay. It's, it's also the yeah. all in bond. it's also talking about the Ukraine and Biden and, and Trump. That's causing yeah. this brigading. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um,
1: oh my god! All right, so let's talk about this sort of interesting. This is like super. really fascinating move, actually, by the storied investment firm KKR, which is uh, tokenizing part of a new fund in order to let individual investors put in more specific amounts. Let's break this down a okay. little bit. KKR manages $491 billion in assets at the end of Q2, $70 billion. Of that $491 billion, or 14.2%, was from individual investors. So what KKR is trying to do now is say, we want to create a vehicle for more individual investors to be able to participate in our fund. So they're actually going to, they're turning to the blockchain. KKR is tokenizing part of its health, its second healthcare strategic growth fund. On the Avalanche blockchain, they just finished raising that fund, a $4 billion fund earlier this year. They said this is the first time a major private equity firm has ever made a portion of a fund available on the blockchain in the U.S. Let's get to the like how the heck this is going to work. What it'll do is let qualified purchasers, so individuals with 5 million plus in investable assets, which is obviously high net worth, but not the like ultra high net worth that they usually deal with. They're trying to let those single digit millionaires have uh, a vehicle here, they will be able to invest with a one year lockup period, they'll have to create a digital wallet and sign up with Securitize to invest in the fund via right. what Wall Street Journal is calling a tokenized feeder fund.
0: Got it. So I all right, there's a couple of different pieces here. Um, yeah, obviously, going we here. talked about 506 C for venture funds. And we are raising launch fund four publicly. I talked about it in all in. I talked about it on this podcast. And starting next week, or is it this week that I have my first webinar? I have a webinar on my calendar for this week. Yeah. Oh, when is it? Tomorrow or Thursday? Do you know? I think it is Thursday. Okay. So anyway, on Thursday, I think six hundred or seven hundred people are going to be on a webinar. I'm going to share with them, hey, here's the performance of the first two funds. Here's the third fund. What we invested in. We don't have performance yet. It's recent. And here's our plans for launch fund four. Yeah, it's put the cards on the table. If you want to invest, if you want to come on this journey with us, if you want to do risk capital, you know, here's the possibilities and the options for you. And so I did this, because I just thought, well, all of the folks doing the $10 million funds that I've started backing with little 25k checks, uh, to support like the next generation of um, fund managers really lending my name more than capital, although it could be, you know, whatever, a small percentage of it, uh, you have know, a little bit helps. Um, what I noticed about what they were doing was people with no networks, just by using Twitter, were able to close a 10 million dollar fund. So I said, Well, I wonder what would happen with my reach. If I told people I was raising a fund, because what always happens is I meet somebody and they're like, Oh, I would love to be in your fund. I'm talking about high net worth individuals. And I'm like, Great, I'll talk to you in three years, because you raise them, but every three years. And so I just want to make sure people know I'm doing it more because a lot of my friends don't know I'm raising a fund. And Lo and behold, since I've been tweeting it, a bunch of my friends are like, Can I be in your fund? I'm like, of course, come to a webinar, get informed, make an informed decision, if you want to do that. And so I get I'm getting about 25 to 50 emails a day now, from people I know and don't know. And I say, great, tell me about yourself. Have you been in a venture fund before? So I'm kind of coming up with a whole little script or process for vetting people and getting to know them. And that's what KKR is doing. They're just saying, you know what, uh, let's let let's open up access. Now it's not to accredited people with 200,000 a year, but it, it's opening up access and giving more people the chance to participate in very sophisticated uh, financial devices. And I think with, that's good with, with education. I will say
1: one primary difference. Okay. For whatever reason, we didn't feel like we needed to use the blockchain for this. No. But All KKR right. is and I'm that part. I want to understand a little better.
0: Well, what do you think the reason is? What do you think the value of doing it on the blockchain is? Can you think of a reason why a blockchain would make this better than just I filling mean, out the paperwork? And
1: If you invested this way and there were smart contracts attached to it, like I could imagine this actually being legitimately efficient so that if you if you are, as a firm, are the, I don't understand the tokenization part, but in right. terms of blockchain, if you as a firm are recording everything you do on the blockchain, uh, you have a returns... Situation, you need to return some money to your investors. That's yep. all executed automatically. You don't have, you know, there's no need for anybody to issue the tax paperwork or no, send still a have check to do All that, or actually, they still have to do the. They still have to do a lot
0: of that. Yeah, yeah. So the the this so like is what. Uh, yeah,
4: it, I guess uh, your confusion.
0: Boarding could be easier. Like I don't. Your know. confusion. Is exactly what I was hoping to get because there is no reason. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the setup boss. <laughs> I just set you up. Uh, sorry. You, you, you like just right flail to around in the deep end. I'm confused minute. with what's the point of this. And <laughs> I, mean, I, I have know. had no less than 300 companies tell me they'll tokenize my fund. And right. when I say what's the benefit, they start talking about like the general blockchain, and it's immutable, and it's transparent. It's like, well, we don't actually want it to be transparent. We don't want people to actually see this because it's privacy. Oh, yeah, it can be private. I'm like, okay, so it's a private blockchain. So this is a private blockchain. Mm -hmm. So the only thing would be liquidity. Right? Like, so let's say you and I are QPs. uh, And I own a million dollars worth of this, it's now become worth 2 million, I get divorced, I need liquidity, my kids are going to school, whatever the case is, a liquidity necessity becomes A a liquidity event is required by me, the original purchaser. It's worth two, I paid one, I say I'm putting it on the market for 1.9 you get a 5% discount if you buy it. Theoretically, I could sell it directly to you. However, KKR does not want me selling it to a random person. They're not going to allow that. And they don't want me selling it. They don't want you selling it. They want you holding it. They don't Mm -hmm. want this being a revolving door. So that's why they said there's a lockup period. And maybe they'll let people in and out once a year in an orderly fashion. So if you do yeah. want to uh, liquidate, you probably have to let KKR know, whatever.
1: I would say they're doing the But a one-year lockup period could still be accomplished contractually minus the black ch- blockchain, right? Like you still of don't course.
0: Need yeah. we close the fund on November 1st. <laughs> I understand. Starting November 1st, 2023, people can trade. Right. There's a Google Sheet. <laughs> there is a database somewhere right. locked up with limited access, talking about security. And if you want to trade, you email some representative, which is what happens to us, and say, I would like to change the ownership of these shares, we will have people come to us every year at the syndicate.com and say, I'm getting divorced, I need to liquidate these shares, or the shares are currently in this trust, it's now going to be in these two trusts under these two names, I'd like to split it in half, Mm -hmm. or it's going to go to my ex husband, my ex wife, my ex partner they're going to have ownership of this shares, I'm gonna have ownership. This happens all the time. I get it all the time. Sometimes I have to do it. Oh, my renamed my trust, I have to go tell Mm -hmm. all the venture funds move from this trust to that trust. So this stuff happens, there's back offices that do it. I think this is like a gimmick. And there is no smart contract. Now, if it was freely tradable, and there were a pool of people in a Slack instance, I don't know if they want to give access to these people. But if it was freely tradable, and I could say I own 1% of the pool for KKR health, Fund six, anybody want it, Mm -hmm. email me and I could sell it directly to them. Well, that would be quite transformative. That That is not this as described.
1: No. That does not appear to be this.
0: Maybe it's dipping the toe. I would say people are dipping the toe
1: into this. Maybe they're just dipping the the toe and they're seeing if there's any value in that. I I will say the good news is we literally have the two guys coming on tomorrow Hmm. that we can ask about this.
0: Yeah. Vinny Yeah, Sandeep are
1: coming. We got Vinny and Sandeep uh, coming back on tomorrow for another crypto roundtable. And we're going to ask them what is up with that. Because we have had this week, just as a teaser, KKR get into this and Starbucks talking about issuing nfts so we can all have a better coffee experience <laughs> so we maybe we are getting and the eth merch. so maybe we're getting to a point where things are, are becoming a little
0: more like mainstream and usable i guess we'll find out do you want to just give me the top level on the watch off stuff and then i'll just pass judgment should we get this An investigative
1: the piece by a vox reporter oh in uncovered allegations of misconduct, sexual assault, and security risks at Launch House, which is that startup incubator slash social club that got $12 million in Series A funding from A16Z. Allegedly,
0: I guess we have to say.
1: Well, they definitely got the funding, but allegedly there was sexual assault. Yes, got these it. are allegations. Allegations. box <laughs> so uh, senior correspondent Rebecca Jennings was the reporter for the in-depth piece. And in theory, Launch House, you may recall, was intended to be a reality show in 2020, they wanted to be the hype house for the tech industry. And uh, over time, I mean, y- you can't even really say this is astonishing, like they put like, mostly men and a couple of women in a house.
3: <sighs>
0: in Hollywood, and said it Paris was gonna Hilton's be like, old
1: mansion,
3: I've been old to mansion. Paris's old
0: house, by the way, my friend, I have a mutual friend, and I went over uh, for like a cocktail party at her house that apparently they're using. Her house had a club and related. I kid really? you not. A club. Oh, was what could go wrong? <laughs> there was literally a club, like a blacked-out room, painted black with you know go-go pedestals with dancing poles on them and a DJ booth. Like literally, in her house, she had a club that could fit fifty people, a hundred people. It was like a, a double-sized giant living room. Anyway, putting that aside, you nailed it.
1: The article noted the heavy reliance that Launch House had. I mean, it was meant to be an entrepreneurial community, but it was a heavy reliance on the idea of community. People started to think evidently that they were in a cult uh, and that it just got out of hand. You know, All right. like that Launch House, we should say, provided Vox with a statement saying this is important. Quote, Launch House has a zero tolerance policy for drug use and unwanted sexual advances. Anyone confirmed to have violated the code of conduct has had their membership revoked but the spokesperson admitted that incidents did occur and said quote a very long time ago in the in the very very early stages of the company certainly before the statement notes certainly before they attracted outside funding
0: here's the issue i've read the story obviously it's horrible but they were studying religions to try to build a cult apparently this is where this kind of goes off the rails, but a lot of people were saying the founders were obsessed with cults, and how to create trust between members and make them loyal. And this thing has like MLM ish kind of uh, vibes to it. Yeah, this is my warning to founders. Number one, there should be no co living fraternizing, there should be no business like this, because it always winds up in the same place. You know, if people want to go self organized, that's fine. But if you start putting 10 people in a house, add alcohol, add drugs, add young people, whatever, it's just not going to result in anything other than uh, problems, in my experience. And so it's just a bad idea from the get. Uh, Second, they were trying to build this like an MLM where people would convince other people to come and whenever founders are being asked to pay to be part of a community, it's a bit Mm -hmm. of a red flag. Right,
1: you did have to pay like $1,000 to join.
0: It's 1000. Listen, and uh, okay, I don't know if that's a month or a year or what that is and what you get for it. Listen, the the soul house costs money, other places cost money, people don't live at those places. Uh, you know, the, the battery here famously, I was a member in the early days, I think it was $200 a month It was 2400 a year. So you know, there, there are expensive private clubs that exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was like, preying on people who wanted to be part of crypto preying on people who wanted to be part of it. So this is the part I really uh, don't like about these things. Um, is how they take young people, and they say, give us money, and we'll kind of fast track you into this world. And, you know, young people don't have a lot of judgment. And then you put them in a house like this, and bad things are going to happen. So for founders, if anybody's asking you for money, that's a problem we have. I'm trying to think of the instances where we ever asked people for money. Uh, When we did launch festival it was free for founders. The only mm-hmm. time we ever charge was if you wanted to come to the dinners, and that was mainly because we had 15,000 free tickets, and the dinners could only hold 250 people. So we just charge for those tickets. For Founder University, we charge $700. If you come to all 12 weeks or have an excuse absence for one or two, we charge That's back the 700. So the reason we charge mm-hmm. that is just so people finish the course, the deposit. Uh, and we have a it's 93 deposit. or 94%. So we're basically mm-hmm. just, it's a little bit of a game mechanic. But anytime people are trying to charge you to be part of something as a founder, there's so much free resources out there. Don't pay people for this kind of stuff. It's really sketchy. Community is important. Sure.
1: However, however, you're working. And so the fact that like when people got to Launch House, when these new cohorts come, they organize team building exercises called the Founders Circle that mimic religious confessionals. Each member is encouraged to share the most difficult experiences of their lives, deaths of a loved one, sexual assaults, grave financial losses, a practice that employees refer to as trauma bonding.
0: Right? Yeah, like this is where it goes off. Once that stuff
1: starts happening and you're run. at a work party, run. It's time to go. Like I just I understand that there aren't as many boundaries as there used to be between work and your personal life. But run. That's run. Not a safe environment. That's not no. That shouldn't be happening.
0: There work. is. Uh, there was a book five dysfunctions of a team. Uh, Patrick Lansoni where they talk about off site culture. And one of the things in off site culture is to build trust between team members, mm-hmm. you would talk about your childhood and say, Hey, these are my siblings, this is where I grow up. So there are trust exercises. And so I understand s- people doing trust exercise and wanting to share stuff to the extent they feel comfortable. But this is different trauma bonding
1: trauma like, bonding. I mean, that's the fact a that, phrase? That, I've
0: never heard that term. Me neither. That's not a thing. If you're going to deal with trauma, do it with a therapist or go to a circle with run by a therapist. And if you know, five people had rough childhoods, and they all opt in with a certified professional running that group, like there are people who have grief groups or narcotics or alcoholics, anonymous, or this anonymous, that anonymous, uh, of course, those are professionally run. Some dips Running a startup incubator reality show should not be doing. Even if they any brought trauma in work pros,
1: right? Even if they brought in therapists to run your trauma bonding session, it's work. It's work that should not, it's not trauma bonding be happening. You should not be trauma bonding, and I, I, I just don't. I uh, yeah. yeah anyway, Molly, ta- yeah, I this was a terrifying you. situation. I do. And somehow you. people thought it was a an investable
0: business should yeah yeah this is, this business should not exist period full stop i i,
3: I I'll, I'll share some trauma
0: with you at some point molly you know after a warriors game we'll go to miller and lux we'll get the wagyu steak and the side <laughs> the caesar table you don't and have Florence to we can keep
1: <laughs> or we could just keep a professional we could have don julio. i'm gonna go professional we could have don julio but i don't need to talk about trauma like no it's work Calm exactly me a boomer like I know I, I'm like a Gen Xer here, but you shove your trauma deep down inside
0: forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just do it with the therapist, people. <laughs> like what what are yeah. a bunch of twenty two year olds trying to find I product market fit going why are we distracting twenty three year olds? It
1: was always supposed to be a reality show, so I guess that's why trauma bonding came into it. But listen. yeah, it's just not safe. Remember, and also <laughs>
0: remember,
1: save your trauma
0: for your mama. For your trauma, That's, That's it. Your trauma. Exactly. Talk to your mom. And if your mama caused your trauma, can't help you cook it professional totally different, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally <laughs> professional. Anyway, listen, this is gross, disgusting, I, but we'll reserve, yeah, listen, I, I I even hate Allegedly. covering these stories because it's all alleged and it's sorted. And I just want the people who are founders listening to this startup to understand the red flags. Mm-hmm. Do not live with anybody. Anybody offers you to be in a startup house, you do not need to go to that. Do not share your trauma. Do not be involved. If anybody asks you to go to dinner, one-on-one, to talk about an investment, whatever, like, have coffee in an office, in a public space. Like, just don't get dragged into this cult nonsense, mm-hmm. if it is, in fact, a cult. But allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, you know, I'm just putting allegedly in front of this, but there's Me multiple too. people saying that their strategy was to develop cult things. I mean, right.
1: It is always the I mean, everybody uses the strategy of cult building to build community like it's all because there's, there's a very, very, very fine line. And it's all in the it's all about who's in charge, whether it becomes a cult or a community. It's fine, fine line.
0: Almost every time it's one of these cults, it's some dude running it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying this case. I'm just talking about like actual cults in the real world. It's always some dude who's just got some weird relationship with women who can't yes. just be in a normal relationship with a woman? It's always some dysfunctional guy who's trying to have some like harem or polygamous thing. It's gross. Run for the hills.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Run for the hills when you see this kind of Run. stuff. Run. Um,
1: speaking of cults, tomorrow we got our crypto <laughs> roundtable. Just joking. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that is it for today. Drink the, every time I come
0: out of that, I'm like, what crypto uh-huh. am I buying? <laughs> uh-huh. I know, totally. It's really dangerous. I have to deprogram every time. (laughs) I think something's coming out of this. I got to be honest. I think now is the time. This is why I wanted to start the Every Other Week Crypto Roundtable with our two besties who really understand this, Molly, is because I do actually think this is the moment that all of the charlatans and quick hit grifters go away. 80, 90% are going to go out of business. There's no money to be made. And somebody's going to build something real here. Yeah, the real, real stuff big. is
1: I could not agree more. Like, yeah. this is how this is the circle of life people like there's always boom, bust
0: cycle, and boom, bust cycle. Exactly. So if Starbucks well, I, is the, in the game, it's I getting couldn't real Believe the coin, uh, the file coin data they were sharing, because that's the kind of update I want. Yeah. I want the updates on the projects that seem promising, that kept delivering, and that eventually delighted customers because as we know, the time between raising money, pitching grifting, whatever, And delighted customers in this world seems to be between five and 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in our world, it's five months or five weeks. So I don't know what the big delay here is. I guess the infrastructure is harder to build or people spend so much time on the financial architecture slash think
1: everybody. Yeah, everybody just got distracted by the investability part of it. Yeah, it was like once it became a I mean, if it becomes a gold rush, it's going to take a minute to turn into a real
0: I want to figure out a way to create my own fluid coin that allowed people to trade freely in a venture fund, I would I can't do it for launch fund four, but I would even create a sidecar fund if somebody could explain to me how to create a coin that tracked, even my personal investing, I would do this as an experiment, like here's if I could take my J trading portfolio and sell, I don't know $10 million that mirrored my, you know, million dollars in trades, like 10 to one. And those coins existed in the world, people could trade them, but they tracked my trades and I made a VIG on it of whatever percent, I would do that, sure. Like if people could buy like a small amount of it and nobody got hurt, but I don't think that's legal.
1: Right, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure that makes you an investment professional in some way that you- Well,
0: I am, but i, I was just wondering right. if there was a way people could- No, I,
1: I mean, yeah. Hmm. 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 I mean, that makes it investment advice.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there are there are people do invest in, you know, uh, mutual funds. So if this was the J trading mutual fund, then there was a way with crypto to do that. And anybody in the world could buy a J coin, or a J trading coin. And it mirrored my portfolio, and they didn't have to think about it. If I'm making trades, they could see them or Mm. not see them. I would do that just for the fun of it. And I would donate whatever proceeds I got to charity or something like as an experiment. That's the kind of stuff that I would like to see is things real that value. actually makes sense. I mean, I love somebody, the idea of just yeah.
1: making that a bullet point for Vinny and Sonny every week, every every other week too, when they come on and just being like, what's real? What's like, real? let's end every show with them with what's real in crypto right now? There is a
0: actually one thing we should put because on the, the docket Bitcoin thing was a super interesting conversation. Well, there's a somebody created a Y Combinator DAO uh, called Orange DAO. So if we could um, put that on the docket, I would like to talk to them if they could be prepared tomorrow to talk about the Orange DAO. Basically, it, the guy from I can has cheeseburger, if you remember that meme yeah. site, I believe ben, uh, it's him. Yeah, I think Ben is doing this. So my understanding of it is a 1000 alumni are in this DAO, and they provide services to the Y Combinator companies they invest in, but it's an actual fund. Mm-hmm. So they created a, an actual venture fund to invest in YC companies. But then they took a portion of the carry and said, we have a Dow over here. This is my understanding of it, which probably is wrong. But I want, uh, we'll have Vinny and Sunny. So then they put in the orange DAO some amount to the carry. So let's say half the carry, 10 of the 20 points, goes to these thousand members. Those thousand members do work and then they allocate somehow, I don't know how this happens, mm-hmm. a carry to the founders who either found the companies and scouted them or uh, who mentored them in some way. So, pretty good idea mm-hmm. to create a helpful DAO to YC companies that f- invest and does, does post investment support. Um, It sounds like it will also be fun to be part of, right? So I like the idea of like, it's fun to be part of this discord and help companies. So um, I think that might be an example of something to come out of this that is actually real and helpful to the world. Yeah,
1: well, that's coming up tomorrow. Um, And, you know, lots happening in crypto this week. There's also the ETH merge, which Mm -hmm. is in theory going to reduce the electricity usage of mining ETH by 99% which Fantastic. is great news for all of us, assuming that miners uh, stick with us. We'll talk about that tomorrow.
0: That's important. And I see that ETH is down. And so it might be a good opportunity to buy some ETH. I don't own ETH. So maybe that would be my J trade for the week. Who knows? Maybe I'll just maybe. get a little ETH on the board. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Follow at Molly Wood. Give her a retweet. Give her a heart, yeah. whatever you want to do. Follow her. Yeah. She's a great follow. Follow TWI startups, follow at Jason. And uh, yeah, be kind to each other. Okay. Be kind to to each other. I love that. Just be kind to each other. Like, I'm just, I'm tired of jerks right now. I'm just having a zero jerk policy. Yeah. For my brigaded weekend. I'm just like, wow, everybody's, a. I mean, criticism is fine if it's constructive. So I just, I have to teach people how to give criticism. I said to people, if you think I'm interrupting Sachs or Freeberg too much, just give me the timestamp and let's discuss it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like one or two of them, like, okay, yeah, I guess I didn't need to interject there. And then the majority of them was like, that's that's perfect moderation, actually. (laughs) I broke yeah. it down. I was like, okay, the person droned on with repetitive information that we've all it's heard before. Not. And I said, give us forward-looking information. And I like, and then intelligently went to another bestie. Like, that felt like perfect moderation. And yep. in other places, maybe not. But I just thought, g- most for people who want to give me feedback, Time. Most it. of
1: the time, this is not ever about mechanics. It is only about philosophy.
0: I did most notice. Most of the time. I, I will say, four out of five times when people have an issue with my moderation, I go look at their profile, and I look at their likes and their MAGA. One out of five times it is somebody who's, you know, whatever neutral, left, right, right. whatever doesn't matter, but they actually have a good point. And so I, I, I'll take a note anytime as Steph Curry, of moderating, by all means, if you can tell me how to hit another three pointer a game or increase my shooting percentage by one or 2%, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I'm Steph Curry of this. Uh, but make it constructive, folks, give me a specific timestamp, even on this show, if I if I talk over Molly, or whatever, I get excited. Just tell me, hey, let it breathe this timestamp that, you know, and DM it to me. By all means, That's DMs That's
1: really generous of you. um, Because sure, we do all want to get better. But also like people, you do it. Like, it's it is this is live. Off of the cuff, right? Like we've got no, I don't know. Like I, I get, I have zero tolerance for people who are like, um, you misspoke in this situation. I was like, oh, really? In the course of a two hour extemporaneous conversation, I misspoke or did not have a fact directly at my fingertips or may have, uh, slightly interrupted someone one time out of the 10,000 in conversational interact. Like, you know, what? when you're alive 10 hours a week for 10 years, yes, you
0: can talk to us, <laughs> zip your sh- Twitter. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Okay, bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, let's get off our chest.